It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, clean, loved everywhere. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome in to Cougar Post Game Live. The BYU Cougars getting the 55-3 win on the road at the Naval Academy. An absolutely dominating performance by the BYU Cougars. They are now 1-0 and on the season and now have a little bit of extra time to prepare for their next game. Remember, they do not have a game this coming weekend. Their next game is a week from Saturday at Army, another option team. So this was certainly uh, certainly some good practice uh, to uh, to get ready for another team that will run a very similar offense. But we don't need to worry about the next game. We're going to focus on tonight's dominating performance. 55-3 is your score. Let's get your reaction to tonight's game. You can chime in on Twitter. You can tweet me at JSN Shep. And I actually tweeted this out just a minute ago. What's the one word you would use to describe BYU's win tonight over Navy. We're getting a bunch of uh, great responses again at JSN Shep. We're also monitoring the uh, the post game Zoom uh, press conference for uh, Kalani Satake and the players. Uh, we've got you covered on that as soon as anybody is on Zoom. We'll let you hear those comments coming up uh, whenever that happens. Uh, but this one coming in from uh, Cougs in the Pros says surprising, and, and I have to say you could have been the most optimistic BYU fan there is on this planet and I still think you're surprised with the way this team came out 55-3 is the score but just looking at the numbers 580 total yards of offense to 149 for Navy 279 to 30 in terms of passing yards and this is absolutely unbelievable when you think of the rushing yards 301 to 119 and the majority of those 119 came in the fourth quarter one on a very long run by the Naval Academy. BYU just took it to Navy on both sides of the ball. And throughout the uh, the game, I was just writing down notes. And as we got closer to the end of the game, I was putting some, some final notes down that I wanted to make sure that I hit. And I, I've mentioned the word dominating a couple of times. That's the word I kept writing down, dominating. The O-line dominates. The defensive line dominates. The running backs dominate. Tyler Algier, 14 carries, 132 yards, two touchdowns. 10 carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns for Lopini Katoa. Jackson McChesney, 11 attempts, 56 yards, and a touchdown. You had Dax Milne rushing for 27. Zach Wilson for seven. You know, Talmadge Gunther with four. Chase Wester with four. It, it was unbelievable what BYU was able to do, and it all started up front. The offensive line was as good and better than advertised in this first game. Navy's defense never even got close to uh, to stopping BYU at the line of scrimmage. The Cougars dominated both sides of the line, and uh, and that's and it showed. Fifty five three is your final score. And we want to remind you: remember when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU fifty. That's BYU five zero at PapaJohns.com tomorrow and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah, Utah location, and that is tomorrow 
only. All right, coming up on the other side, we'll uh, we'll get to some more of your uh, your posts, your one word to describe BYU's win tonight. We'll also, if uh, if we have any of the uh, players or coaches uh, up on the Zoom press conference, we'll let you hear from those coming up on the other side as well. We'll get to that all coming up after this. 55-3, your final score. BYU defeats Navy. We'll have more Cougar Post Game Live coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars begin the 2020 college football season with a 55-3 win over the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. As I mentioned in the previous segment, total yards 580-149. to And going into this game, anytime you're going to play a team that runs the option, Obviously, they want to run the ball. That's the whole point of running the triple option, the wishbone, all of those kinds of offenses. Beyond it just being a ground-type scheme, the other reason that you run it is to dominate the time of possession. You dominate the yards. You, you keep your opponent from being able to have the ball long enough to keep pace. That, was, that, that completely failed tonight for the Naval Academy. Just look at the total plays. Total plays for BYU, 71 to 47 for Navy. They never got anything going, and that was from the get-go. BYU won the coin toss, decided to defer to the second half on the very first offensive series for Navy. BYU's defense forced a three and out. In fact, in the first three uh, series for Navy, BYU only allowed one first down, and that was because we heard assignment sound football. There was certainly that, but BYU's size and physicality just completely outmanned Navy at the line of scrimmage. They mentioned uh, a couple of times, uh, you know, tonight that Kairos Tonga, that was somebody that, and we even heard during pregame from Pete Medhurst, uh, the play-by-play voice for the Navy football, talking about just how big of a concern a, a player, a nose tackle specifically like Kairos Tonga can be, and we saw that tonight. But everybody on that defense played assignment sound football. Nobody... Um, overran plays they they weren't so uh, worked up that they were overrunning plays and having guys get past them uh, I just I was just thoroughly impressed with what I saw from the BYU defense tonight uh, looks like we may be getting a little bit closer to having uh, somebody coming up at the uh, press conference for zoom in fact let's take a quick time out we'll come back and hopefully have somebody on the other side 55-3 is your final BYU gets the win over Navy on the new skin BYU Sports Network let's rejoin jason shepherd for more cougar postgame live on the new skin byu sports network the byu cougars get the win 55 to 3 over the naval academy and we're asking for a one word one word to describe BYU's win tonight, and this one is a great one from uh, at Cougar Stats, splendiferous. I, I, I'm not 100% sure that's a real word. I'm pretty sure he made it up, but I think it, uh, it is certainly uh, applicable today. Uh, a couple of other people chiming in uh, as well. A couple people dominant. That's the word I use. That one coming in from, uh, from Jordan. Uh, this one uh, from Sidelines BYU says epic. And it really was. Like this was, there was so much 
there's so many unknowns, and we've all been dealing with this over the last couple of months in terms of the pandemic. And when it comes to sports, you just didn't know what to expect. You didn't know how these players were going to react. And to see this team come out, and right from the beginning, they were in sync. And this was on both sides of the football. That was extremely impressive to me, just to see how prepared this team was on offense and defense. And I think a, a big-time pat on the back goes to the, the football coaches, to Kalani Satake, to the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki, to Jeff Grimes, and Aaron Roderick, certainly to new running backs coach Harvey Unga, who got his guys going. These players for BYU were beyond prepared and ready to go. We certainly saw that tonight. And, and it, uh, it basically, we, we saw it in front of everybody. The, the world got to see that as the only college football game tonight. 55-3 is your final score. Uh, still waiting to find out, uh, and usually in these situations, the head coach, Kalani Satake, is the first one to speak. Uh, we are still waiting for, uh, for anybody to come out of the locker room and join the Zoom press conference. Uh, but just a couple of other things uh, to mention before I at least wrap up my portion of postgame, one of the other things that stood out to me was the penalties, or lack thereof, for BYU. During the entire game, just one penalty for the Cougars for five yards. Now, Navy had six for 54, but it was a very clean game for BYU as well. You didn't have, you know, in, in years past, maybe you have a big play, but it's called back because of a holding penalty or something like that. You didn't see that today. That Everybody uh, did their job. It was a clean football game, and BYU just took care of business, and it showed with the 580 total yards on offense and then defensively only giving up the, uh, the 149. Time of possession, BYU 37 minutes, 20 seconds to just 2240, and that goes to the point that I mentioned that, uh, that Navy, they're, one of the things that they're trying to do when they have the ball is to keep – the ball and run the ball and keep the clock moving. They just never had an opportunity because BYU's defense continued to force three and outs. All right, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here from Provo. We'll let uh, Greg Rubel and the guys back in Annapolis uh, let you hear from uh, Kalani Satake and the players. Uh, that's going to do it for Cougar Post Game Live. Coming up next, uh, we'll have the Cougar Post Game uh, Locker Room Show. Your final from Annapolis, Maryland, 55-3. BYU improves to 1-0 and on the season with their victory over the Naval Academy. This has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show, brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, to BYU 55 and Navy 3 is our final score. We head down to the Cougar Locker Room area for the Cougar Locker Room show. James Empey, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Fantastic. Now, listen, we have to tell you a fair warning. If Kalani Satake starts talking at his press conference, we're going to cut short with you and head to hear what the coach has to say. But between now and then, James, congratulations. Phenomenal work, especially up front. Whether it's first string, second string, you guys were dominant on the line. Hey, thanks. Yeah, that was. it was such a fun game to play, and 
you know, Navy's a good team, and 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 we were able to get out, uh, you know, fast on them and and have a good time playing some football. You know, it's it's great to be back on the field. It's great to be back uh, playing the game after everything that's been going on right now, and and just happy to be here. Okay, so James. Um, now, I just one. I guess it's a question, but also maybe a suggestion. So heading into those last two kneels, we had 308 yards of rushing offense. We ended up with 301. Why is it? I, as a former quarterback, I always would take the snap, kneel right there, so we didn't use lar- We didn't lose yards. We almost lost the 300 yard mark <laughs> with the QB kneels. Is there ma- method to that madness, or can you get those QBs say, "Hey guys, we worked hard for every single one of those. Don't be losing those in the victory formation." You know, in the, in the end of the day, whether you got 300 or not, like I think everybody knows, uh, you know, what was going on and what happened. So, I, you know, we're not too too worried about that. And I, I don't know. That, that's the that's an answer above my pay grade. I just I just block people. <laughs> so Tyler goes for a buck thirty two, averaging about nine yards a carry when you factor it all in. You're not terribly surprised that Tyler has this kind of game because you know what you're dealing with, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, and those backs they they ran so good tonight. Whoever was in was doing really good. Tyler went off and and you know they were seeing the holes and and uh, reading the field really well and making it happen and and making us look really good. I mean, those guys those guys played so well so i'm just i'm happy to be able to block for guys like that james it looked to me like they were throwing a lot of blitzes and and stunts at you how did you guys do so well at sifting those up um that that's just kind of their style and and we've been practicing it all week and the coaches had a great game plan and we're preparing us really well for it and so um we we just kind of knew uh that it was coming and and we just knew that we had to be you know sound on our rules and and do what we needed to do to to handle those blitzes and and i felt like we did all right uh, for the most part, and we'll, we'll check out the film and probably have some stuff to work on. But you know, Navy's an aggressive team, and we were able to pick up those things and, and hit some lanes. So I was happy about that. James, check out the film, rest up, get ready for Army here in 12 days. Great work tonight. Thanks, thanks for having me. All right, that is Center James Empey. Let's go to Kalani Zitake speaking with the press here in Annapolis. And uh, against a good physical team like Navy, I, I felt like you know we challenged our team to be physical, and so I, I'm glad that it showed up and. You know, I think Navy will do some good things this year, but, you know, our guys, they played out of their minds tonight, and, and um, it was just a great sight to see for a head coach. Okay, we'll take questions from Jay Drew and Mitch Harper. Lonnie, just did you see this coming, this defensive performance, that you would just totally stonewall those guys? Uh, did you kind of have an inkling that this would come? I knew we had some physical guys up front, and I knew that, Coach Siaki is going to have this defense ready to play, you know, and and, uh, and you look at the, the 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 guys that we have that that are ready to play. Um, it's a it's an experienced group and a lot of veterans, and so this wasn't like a, a new game for them. But a lot of guys that are, although the scheme was different and we had to do a, a few different things by defending the option, <laughs> we're going to rely on the fundamentals of the game to help us win. We're going to have to be physical up front. We're going to have to tackle well. We're gonna to have to um, block well on offense, and and when it, I, I challenge our team to be great fundamental players tonight, and it worked out. You know, the all the camp, the guys are doing exactly what our offense was doing this all camp long, and and it made our defense better, and our defense was able to respond, and and that this is a good, great sight to see. One game, uh, got to build on it, get better from it, but I'm glad that we have a lot of guys, that even young young kids and newcomers, come in and get some valuable reps. 
establish an identity in your program? Can't hear you. Okay. He's asking. Um, he was um, asking uh, if this helped establish an identity for your program, Kalani. I'm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can define everything for one game. I, I don't like to be defined by one game from the previous four four years as as head coach. And so I'd, I'd just like to build on this, you know. And I'm glad that we came out of this game mostly healthy. We have some guys that nicked up a little bit, but um, these guys worked really hard. I'm just proud of them. I'm proud of the leaders on our team. Proud of, proud of Matt Bushman, things that he did as a leader for our team to get us to this point. Kairos Tonga, all the seniors on our team. Um, and, and, you know, they, they responded well, man. I, I was really proud of them, but this is <laughs> the players made it happen. I'm just proud of them. They they did exactly what I wanted them to do, and they're starting to own own the team and own the program. And I'm I'm really proud of them. Okay, we'll take a question from Jared, Brandon, and Jake. Congratulations on the win, Kalani. In the first quarter, you got a couple touchdowns, and then there was that interception, and that was a moment in the game where you know maybe Navy gets some momentum. How big was it the way the defense stood tall in that moment? shut them down, forced another punt, and just kind of kept the momentum on your side? Well, we talked about it specifically that, that um, we were going to be aggressive and try to get early lead on, on as a team. We, we, this was a team win. We, we, uh, we discussed the game plan with everyone, you know, and, and talked about all three phases, what we're going to try to get done. And, and we told uh, uh, the defense that, hey, we're going to try to do some things and, and, and be a little risky, and you're going to have to respond if there's a mistake. And they did, you know, and – uh, I think um, allowing the players to have uh, uh, feedback and a voice in the game plan pays off because they execute the way they did tonight. And the defense respond, response was awesome. Um, I was really pleased with the way they tackled all night. I mean, I, uh, Navy made, made, some, made some of us miss, but the way our guys ran to the ball, that, that, was, that was exactly what we needed. We needed that phenomenal effort from everyone. And offensively, the same thing, uh, special teams, we played great. And so... Great team win. Just, just, uh, I didn't do anything. I was a head coach. I just sat there and took a couple timeouts and declined a penalty or, or accepted it. I don't know. Just like, just talk to the refs a little bit. And more than anything, I was just excited to just cheer the boys on. They had so much fun. And a lot, of, I mean, the credit goes to the players and their leadership. And, and I'm just proud of them. <laughs> Kalani, as dominant as the offense was, the, uh, the defense was and sent the tone, the offensive line seemed to really take the lead and procure 300 yards rushing. How good were they tonight? Did you see that performance coming from them? Well, they've been doing that all camp. And, 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 you know, we were a little concerned because when we started playing our live work, they took it to our defense. And and, and um, that was a little shocking because usually the defense is further ahead in, in scrimmages early on in camp. And uh, the defense had to respond. They had to quickly get back on it. And, and they, they, you had this great battle of – physical football on both sides um, of the line of scrimmage, especially. And, and they're really close. Kyrus and, 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 and the boys with, with the, that old line, <laughs> it's a lot of heavy, heavy bodies and a lot of big bodies in there. So it's a, it's a clash every time. And, and I'm just, I'm glad that, that uh, they were able to make each other better, you know, and, and, um, but, you know, our, our D line, I was just proud of the way they played. And, I, and, and I'm just going to 
tell you, our coaches worked extremely hard. I was so so happy for them. And Coach Tuyaki and, and, and Ed Lamb and the rest of the defensive staff did an amazing job, but so did so did uh, the special teams, and so did so did Grimey and A-Rod and the offensive coaches. They, they, they had a great game plan. And uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Let's, let's, let's build off of this. We got some time now to get ready for Army, and I look forward to our offense and our defense and special teams performing like this at a consistent level. Kalani, I wanted to ask you, in terms of that three-man front you guys went with tonight, was that a specific thing you guys put in for defending the option, or is that going to be an option for you guys on, on the defense going forward as well? Well, you saw our our, um, our defensive um, depth chart. I think you guys are kind of scoffed at it a little bit because there's 15 guys on there, but we're going to utilize a bunch of different personnel sets, and and uh, we'll have to come with some things, some new things against Army as well because they've got the film now, you know. So we're going to have to find some new ways and find different different ways and research it a little bit the best way to defend them. They're a little bit different than 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 Navy, but uh, has some some similarities as well, but. Um, we can utilize so many different groups. And, and there we have safeties that can play backer, backers that can play D-end, D-ends that can play D-tackle, nose guards that Tyrus would like to play D-end, but I think he's fine right where he's at. But, you know, we, we saw Caden Haas and, and, and um, you know, a bunch of new guys to the position and some young freshmen, you know, Seleti Fevaliaki did a great job, Gabe, Gabe Summers. I'm going to leave some guys out, but the, the starting Zach Dahl and, and Alden Tolf, all those guys did a great job. I, I just – Man, they're so physical. That made that made me so happy. I was just and to see it on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, man, that I can't wait to watch this film and I can't wait to build off of this. Hey, Coach, so what can you tell us about what you saw from the quarterback position? Just walk us through what you saw from Seth Wilson and then your decision and as to when you wanted to bring in Romney and then Sol J and why Jaron wasn't available. Um, Jaron's not not hundred percent yet. And so um, we're, we're, we had to still slow down. He wasn't dressed, you know, and um, we, we have we, we have uh, a soldier that's there and, and we have a good number of quarterbacks, you know, um, Jacob Conover is now with the group. And so, um, you know, I thought Zach did, did a great job and I thought um, Baylor did a great job. You know, they're they're I had to look at it on film again, but I was I was talking to the defense when the interception happened, so I didn't get to see it all. But. From what I was told, um, Neil kind of slipped or, or fell on his route or something like that, and, and <laughs> yeah, tripped or something like that. But it's okay. We, we will have the we'll have our, our defense have to respond, and I'm just glad they made the tackle so we can get on the field and get a stop, you know. But these guys, uh, that was our game plan. We're gonna try to do some things and throw the ball downfield a little bit. I think we started like that early, and um, you know we'll, we'll have to devise a, a game plan for the team to execute. Uh, against Army, but uh, I love the fact that the players are all on board with this game plan, and they had a lot of feedback and a lot of say in it. And uh, we have a really good collaboration with our coaches and our players right now. And the lead leaders, uh, you know, having this expectation of the young guys. I mean, that that was awesome. I just I got to watch the film. I'm so excited to watch it. Hey, we'll take one more question from Jared. I can hang out with you guys all night, man. That was fun. <laughs> Connie, I did want to ask about the atmosphere because, you know, you knew going in it was going to be somewhat different scrimmage, you know, with the empty stadium. But at the same time, it was playing football after all the uncertainty. So you touched on it a little bit, but talk about your emotions and the experience just overall. Well, I I think um, because there's no fans here and and normally when we're on even away games, we have a good presence of of, of visitor. You know, when we're on visiting, we have players from, I mean, coach, uh, 
fans from all over the country show up. And so the fact that they weren't here, you know, what was really um, exciting is seeing the fans outside of the stadium as we drove in on our buses showing support, even though they knew they couldn't come in. There's a good number of them. And I just want to let the, I want them to know how much we love and appreciate them doing that. Um, means a lot to these players, but we knew that we would have to have a lot of passion, excitement, but that's nothing that I try to generate. That's, that's something that these guys have. They have this attitude. I've mentioned to you guys that <laughs> their attitude of appreciation and just gratitude to be here. You know, we, we, they feel really fortunate to play this game and they, they showed it. They, they showed it that the, they missed the little things. And during this pandemic, there's always the, the few the little things, details that you miss. And I think they love being around each other and, um, they value it now and, 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 and really want to sh- make sure that we show our best every time and, and, and honor the 60 minutes that we're given to play in this game. Hey, thanks, Coach. That'll be all. Appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Thank you. That's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, former Navy midshipman Pepe Tanubasa, next as the Cougar Locker Room show continues here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station ID on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 55, Navy 3, our final score in Annapolis. Former midshipman, current BYU linebacker Pepe Tanuvasa speaking with the press. Um, you know, makes it easy. And so that was, I feel like anyone could have done what I did. They will take one more question, Jared. Pepe, I wanted to ask this game, you know how capable Navy is of being successful and you guys really dominated on both sides. How much of that do you view just the fact that you're part of a really good BYU team and how much was maybe the fact that Navy just wasn't on their game tonight because you've seen both sides of the, the that equation? You know, that's a, that's a hard question to answer um, because I know how good Navy is, like you said. Um, you know, I think it was a little bit of both. I know that the Navy had a lot of restrictions from the academy as far as their practice. And so, um, you know, we just had a really good game plan, like I said. And I felt like, you know, we just we played our A game. And so we had, you know, the fortunate, the fortune of coming out on top. And I attribute that to all the coaches and to the players on the field for playing their hearts out and coming out with the W. Okay, thanks. We've got Kyra Stonga coming up next. Norma, we'll take a question from you. Media Relations Office says uh, it'll go from Pepe Tanavasa to Kairos Tonga, and we'll join Kairos Tonga right now. Here's Kairos. We can't speak a little louder. Can you hear me now? Yeah. If you could just sort of talk to us about the difference in emotion from both sidelines. It seems like maybe at some point just started falling flat, but you guys just keep catch your spirits up and just really we're pushing through to the end. Yeah, we knew, uh, we knew Navy coming in was a, a great offense, great defense, just a great overall team. And so we knew we couldn't let up at, at any point. So when we, when we came into halftime, 
we just told we've been there before just to uh the score zero zero and just continue to play ball and uh fortunately we uh we did all of that we we were flying around and just having fun Okay, Karis, I wanted to uh, ask you, in terms of what you guys went with this scheme, how different of a game plan was it for you personally going against the option tonight than it has been in your previous experience playing for the Cougars? Yeah, there's a very disciplined play. Uh, It it was a matter of uh, stepping the right way and uh, being able to just be really sound on on the D-line. Uh, we this team cuts a lot. Uh, we we don't really get those a lot, so we're able to to use our hands more and just continue to just try to be dominant up front. We're able to to show that today. So, uh, Brandon. Yeah, Kairos, uh Kalani said that the offensive front kind of kicked you guys in the rear end to start fall camp. How big was that for you guys? And and maybe performing like you did did tonight and maybe stepping up your game? Um, I don't know about kicking our butts. But, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the offense, uh, they're just great. They always give us good looks, but especially our, our scout O and our scout D. Uh, without them, this, I don't think this win's possible. They gave us their, uh, their all. They sacrificed, and they gave us nothing but great looks. So we're grateful for them and their willingness to, uh, to come out and just uh, to give all to the team, so. Hey, Jay, Drew, we'll take you your last question. Iris, is there a specific defensive coach that kind of took the lead on game planning for the option? Uh, did like Tuiaki or someone else kind of step up and, and lead the charge that way? No, there's everybody was just, it was, it was all the coaches collectively just being able to, to help um, from the, the corners coach to the D-line coach to Kalani. Uh, everybody was, uh, Everybody had uh, got to chime in, and we were able to learn, especially with this offense. It was new to, to mainly all of us. Uh, so we took it as a learning opportunity to, to grow from it, learn from our mistakes during practice. And it, was, it was just really good as a, as a team in the whole. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That is Kyra's tone. We'll take a break. We'll head to the offensive side of the ball here from Annapolis right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 55, Navy 3, our final score. BYU's postgame Zoom. Press conferences continue. Tristan Hodge and Lopini Katoa to speak to the press. Tristan talking right now. You guys going into this game differ from previous game plans, if at all. Um, I'm, you know, the, we've always liked to put things on the offensive lines back, but this more than, than most has been, you know what, we're going we're gonna to run our plays the way the offensive line goes. If the offensive line does their jobs, then we're going to rush, you know, forever. And we have good protection, then our quarterback's going to throw forever. And that's the, that's the thing we did. We put it on the offensive line um, and said, you know, the game goes as you guys go. Um, that being said, we had a lot of great plays made by our backfield and our receivers tonight. And, I mean, I'm proud of every single one of those guys on the field tonight. I also wanted to ask you about your compatriot at guard, Clark Barrington. On those first two touchdown runs, it looks like he had the block that kind of sprung uh, both of the backs for the touchdowns. What has he been doing in fall camp that has really kind of elevated his game? The number one thing, you know, he's always doing his job. 
Matt's number one. He, you know, he he makes makes a low amount of MAs, make sure he does his job. He's, he has the knowledge to go with that. You know, I'm, I'm really um, excited to see where he goes this season because I know he's making huge strides as a player. But that being said, you know, that's that's the one thing. It, it always takes one, and Coach Mateo stresses that all the time. Is we have 5-0 linemen, but, you know, sometimes it'll just be that one little block, that one little thing that puts a linebacker, you know, in a different position than he was in that's going to spring a huge play for us. And, you know, as you can see from his performance, that's that's how it is. Hey, Thanks. Appreciate you coming by. Uh, we have our player coming. Uh, Thanks, everybody. That is uh, Tristan Hodge, who's just finished speaking. We believe that uh, Lopini Katoa is next up for the Zoom press conference here from Annapolis, Maryland. BYU orchestrating these Zoom press conferences with Kalani and players, bringing them to you live as we get them. And Lopini Katoa is having a seat and taking questions from reporters. Let's head down. Well, it, was, it was kind of for Tristan specific, but that's okay. You have one for Lopini or no? No, no. Okay. Uh, Mitch and then Jared. Specifically, what what specifically worked in the early going for this offense to really pick up so much momentum, in your opinion? Um, I have a biased opinion as a running back, but I just feel like if you can get the running game going, then everything else opens up. And so just the lanes that the O-line was opening up for us – to run the ball through was was amazing. Like we could run wherever we wanted, really. So I think big credit to the O line. They just opened the game up for us. And just to follow up, uh, what do you feel about the, t- the tandem you and Tyler now have created this one-two punch in that backfield? Do you feel like this can carry on going on the rest of the season? Absolutely. I, I've always like we've talked about it. It's not like a surprise to us two because we just like we knew what was coming. Um, I always knew what Tyler could do. And just to see him uh, show on the field today, I was also happy for him. And just to be able to to run with him, it's, it's great. Jared? Keeney, you guys know how good you can be. But over, you know, the, the, over the last years or whatever, you know, a lot of times it hasn't all come together like it did tonight. What was it like to be a part of a performance that was just so good in so many different ways? Yeah, it was – it was a really good feeling, like you said. Like uh, we put in the work every year since I've been here. We've, we've worked our butts off, and just to you know, you don't always see your hard work pay off um, like like you want it to. And so, just today to see it all come together on really in, in every phase of the game as a whole team, we just we played how we could and, and what we worked for really. Last thing, Beanie, just as a follow up, what? What message do you feel like this team sent to everybody who was watching you just dismantle a good, you know, a Navy team that's known for being really good? I just say, I, I think it just shows our preparation that we've put in through the, through the, you know, the uncertainty, the, we didn't know if we're playing, our schedule got flipped around. Like that didn't slow us down at all. Um, we just worked through adversity and uh, big credit to our coaches and our administration for just, working their butts off to give us these games. And so I think just just like our hard work pays off and it showed on the field today. Okay, we'll take one more question. Uh, Jake, Hello, Pini. The fly sweep is something that Coach Grimes used early on in his tenure here at BYU. It seemed like last year you guys went away from it. What led you guys bringing that back into the offense this year? Um, Just, uh, you know, we love to have that, that deception, you know, just the splitting our – um, half of the offense going one way, the other half going another way. It, it gives problems to defenses. So we've been working on it, and uh, 
um, yeah, just we've had success with it in camp. And so um, anything that works, you know, you go with it. So, uh, yeah, so it was really successful for us. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Pini. All right, that is Lopini Katoa, and that will conclude BYU's Zoom press conferences. We will come back and continue our Cougar locker room show as we visit with Tyler Algier. Algier, big night for BYU. Cougars, a big night as a team, defeating Navy by a score of 55-3. to We're back with more after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Still to come, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake will join us live from here at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, joining Riley Nelson and me two-on-one, if you will, as BYU defeats Navy by a score tonight of 55-3. to BYU led on the ground today by Tyler Algier, 14 carries for 132 yards, a couple of scores, including a 34-yard scamper. Tyler, part of a BYU's tremendous showing for in all facets of the game tonight. 55-3 again is your final. And joining us outside the stadium, probably near the buses that they'll be boarding soon to get to the airport, is Tyler Algier. Tyler, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, is I mean, of course, you'd love to drop 580 yards of offense and 55 points in every game, but did you sense for real that this was uh, the potential of this team playing this game here tonight? No, ever since, ever since the start, the start when uh, I had an interview about uh, two weeks ago or somewhat, and I said, like, right, our offense is, we're better, we're better, and we're going to go off, and uh, it's a business trip. We were ready for it. We were ready from the start ever since we got our schedule and ever since we had Navy in, so you know, it's just a it's just a good feeling that all of us were ready to ball, ball out and make a make a name for ourselves. Were you able to see enough from your offensive line last year and then this year, even just in August, to know that these are the kind of holes you would get in this game? Or when did you know tonight that you guys were just going to do kind of what you wanted in front of the in front of the O line or behind the O line? You know, they set up everything for us, and uh, and we changed up little things in our scheme. We got a we got a nice scheme that we going got going on, and they really bought into it, and we bought into it. So you know, just running behind those big guys, they're the one that creates the holes, and then we just clean it up for them. So you know, it's grateful to have them for sure. Tyler, it was very apparent how uh, how you finished the run so physically. Talk to that attitude that you bring, not just towards you know taking the handoff and making the right read and making the right cuts, but when the defense finally does make contact, it looks like you were trying to punish them. It, what's your mindset as far as finishing off runs? You know, we always had the mindset. Uh, AJ, Coach AJ Stewart uh, actually ingrained this on us that we get the get the hard two, get the hard two yards. So like right after contact, just get another two yards after that. So you know, I always had that mindset, mindset from the start. How about pairing up with Lopini tonight? It was fun. It was fun. Even uh, Jackson McChesney, he got some. He got some love. So you know, just having all of us just ball out, and it was just. It was just a good time for sure. It was fun. Zach Wilson throws 18 times tonight. Completes 13 of them for uh, 232. Couple of touchdowns, and a pick. And after the one pick that was thrown, defense stood up, did their thing, and and I guess as proud as you are of the offense, I know you want to shout out the guys on D, right? Of, of course. You were one of them. <laughs> no, of course. You used to be one of them. <laughs> No, it was a it was a good it was a good side. Special teams, defense, offense. Like, if we if we made this, for example, the pick, and then the defense freaking uh, freaking literally just stepped up and uh, you know just well, I think they ended up punting, 
punting or maybe yeah. we went for a yeah. field. Yeah, punting. at the end of the punting. So, you know, just uh, having knowing the defense has our back and then we have their back just driving, driving and scoring, you know, it's a fun time. What are the different kinds of fun you have as a linebacker last year and now a running back a little bit last year and starting this year? You know, being a running back, you know, I always try to go hit someone. Then at linebacker, you have to hit someone. But, you know, just coming back, you know, it's just just having the mentality, just getting the heart to, you know, it's fun. It's fun knowing both sides, you know, knowing uh, just really the, what the linebackers, linebackers are looking for and then just switching it over to running back. So it's a good time. Tyler, another thing that I noticed about your running style was you – don't waste a lot of time laterally. You you have very efficient and quick. Like, for example, on that first touchdown run down the sideline, you made the one sidestep on the safety and then got north and south really quick. Is that kind of how you've always run, or has that been something that you've been working on to get your shoulders squared down the field and, and gaining yards rather than messing around going side to side? Well, you know, that's where the end zone is, going north and south. So you mean, But, you know, if I have to, like like for that one, I felt like I had to go – go lateral and then just right after that just get vertical and then that's where the touchdown was okay uh maybe a a last couple things for you tyler about the what it took for this team to get to this game tonight discipline self-discipline testing all the things holding each other accountable at kalani says everything it took to to put yourself in this spot tonight what does it say about this team just getting here for this game i would say all of the above everything that you said you know uh just coming to practice having our having our gators up going with mass social distancing you know who would have, who would have thought that we would have been playing navy for the first game of the 2020 season with covid all happening who, who would even know who would have thought that we would have had a schedule i would say but you know we got a schedule tom homo did a very good job shout out to him and then just we're just ready to ready to ball you know it's just had navy for game one we respect him thank you for the service but you know we just had the ball out all out, make our stance, and you know that's what BYU football. That's what BYU football does. Knowing that you guys earned the right to be here and play this game, how? Uh, what kind of celebration did you guys earn in the post-game locker room tonight? Oh, we were we were dancing and all of that. We had we had uh, AJ blasting music. You know, we were all dancing. It was a fun time. <laughs> hey, you mentioned Tom Holmo. He also got you a bye for this week coming up, so you got a little bit of rest before your next option team. Oh yeah. I said, that should be nice. <laughs> well, rest up, enjoy the weekend, and then uh, you're going to be back out on the road heading back to the East Coast here uh, soon enough to take on Army. But to want to know feels pretty good, right? Oh, yes, sir. Well, you look good doing it. Congrats to you and the boys, Tyler. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That is Tyler Algier, BYU linebacker turned running back. He was going to be a really good backer, and he's already a really good running back. That's just a player, right? Yeah, I mean, give him the ball or put him out on the field and – either hand it to him, tell him to put it under his ball, uh, under his arm, or tell him to go chase it down and tackle it. And uh, just a kid, you can tell, he loves football. He doesn't overcomplicate it. <laughs> you know, I asked him about his running style. He's like, uh, where's the end zone? I'm just trying to get there as fast as I can. So I, I appreciated those comments. And he's a kid, and he obviously loves and has a lot of great respect for his teammates. And I was very happy for him to see uh, such an efficient and effective and great performance tonight. Well, he got to the end zone twice tonight, uh, career touchdowns two and three. They were his first rushing touchdowns. As a Cougar, he scored one on a reception last year, and that was Tyler Algier. When we come back to Annapolis, the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake, will join us, Riley Nelson and me, up here in the booth. Kalani will be down by the buses, and we'll also hear from the Navy head coach, Ken Nimatalolo, before the night is done. And then we'll hear from Cougar Nation as well on the Twitters and the emails about what you thought 
regarding tonight's 55-3 win at Navy. BYU's a big winner, and you heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU with its largest margin of victory of the Kalani Sitake era and the largest margin of victory against an FBS team in 11 years. BYU 55 and Navy 3 is tonight's final score. Cougars led this game 31-0 at halftime. They won the second half uh, 24-3. The head coach of the Navy midshipmen is Ken Nimatololo. His team last year didn't lose a game in this building. They went 6-0 and 11-2 overall. They fall tonight here at home, and he falls to 7-6 uh, in season openers. Coach Nimatololo spoke with the press shortly after tonight's game. Can I take some? Oh. Ooh. Well, that's a... That game was 1,000% my fault. Uh, obviously, we weren't prepared. One team was prepared very well. BYU played great. Kalani had them well prepared. Obviously, we weren't. Uh, one team was playing football. We were kind of, um, well, we looked like that was our first live game. And unfortunately, you know, normally uh, your live stuff is against yourselves. But there's nobody to blame but myself. I mean, we knew that. I uh, I erred on the side of trying to keep our guys safe with COVID-19 and contact tracing stuff. But um, we weren't ready to play. Obviously, it's the worst Navy football game we've ever played, but we weren't prepared, and it was my fault because I, I I chose to block bags and tackle donuts. Obviously, BYU's got good players, but um, it's it's all my fault. And it's like I told our guys, they didn't lose the game. I I didn't have us prepared, and I made a decision to on the safety side of it, and, and it shows we weren't ready to play. I mean we've. Been coaching a long time, I would say that's we've never seen a Navy football team play like that, but we weren't prepared because I didn't have us prepared, and that's the bottom line. Uh, go ahead, Kareem Copeland. And then, obviously, um, going off of everything that you just said, how do you adjust moving forward? Will you alter your practices, or do you will you still be as safe as you have been? We got to do something. I mean, I got to talk to the doctors and see what we can do. and what we're allowed to do, but it's, I mean, obviously it's hard to, it's hard to tackle dummies and block guys and try to play so many lives. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we got to try to improve, but um, it's a good question, Kareem, but we'll see. We'll take a look at how we can get better at that. Kenny, how much of that do you attribute to not going live? I mean, do you think that explains everything? It's 1,000%. I mean, you've seen us play a lot. Have you ever seen us play like that before? No, I sir. Mean, no, we've, it's 1,000%. I mean, and I just knew – I mean, you you hope that it doesn't turn out like that, Wags, but, you know, we, we talked a lot in staff meetings and there was a lot of concern, like, are we going to be ready – um, you know, from from both coordinators and a lot of coaches, and 
and I, I heard them and they were legitimate concerns. Um, you know what I mean? Like I said, I mean, the last time we tackled anybody was the bowl game. I mean, that's nine months ago. And we didn't have spring ball. You know, we've been in quarantine and different things here at the academy. Um, but like I said, I mean, we chose to go that way, but obviously we, we weren't ready to play. And again, that's 1,000% my fault. Anybody else have a question? Please use the chat if you can. Go ahead, Dwayne Martin. Hey, Coach, could you explain a little bit more about that decision and between you and the doctors, how it came about that ultimately you wouldn't go live? Well, just the contact tracing, like some of the people that we talked to, just uh, just going face-to-face -face contact, you know, um, what constitutes contact tracing, you know, so we didn't, you know, we were blocking bags. So we asked a lot of questions. So how do you do that? How do you block people? And you know, say, so can you put bags and can you wear masks and stuff? And, you know, so it was a lot of conversation with, you know, our doctors, um, people from our conference. But ultimately, I made the decision. I'm not going to blame it, but it just, with the information that was given me, I made that decision to practice that way. And obviously, it killed us. I mean, it killed us. I mean, it's, that's, never seen a Navy football team play like that. We weren't ready. I mean, like I said, we, you think about no spring ball, nothing. Then our first live deal is there, and you're hoping that you could play a little bit better. But the way we played, and what, why would I think anything differently? That was just a bad decision. But I also think this way, if I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna err on the side of protecting my players. And you know, we've been relatively no positives, so um, you know, I'd rather keep them safe. But Obviously, it's hard to get a football team ready that way. Uh, Dave Ginsburg. That part of the press conference from Coach Niamatololo. We'll take a break. We will come back and head back to the BYU side of things and visit with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Kalani's team defeats Navy tonight by a score of 55-3. to Coach Sitake is coming your way next here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 55 and Navy 3 is tonight's final score. It is time now for the Mountain America field goal recap. For each field goal BYU makes this season, Mountain America donates $250 to the American Red Cross. And tonight, the Cougars made two field goals for now a running total this season of $500. So thank you, Mountain America, and thank you, Jake Oldroyd. Oldroyd was two for two on his field goals, and as a result, the American Red Cross receives $500 from Mountain America. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson with you. Mitchell Jurgens down outside the stadium near the BYU bus area, and he'll be helping to facilitate along with BYU's uh, Duff Tittle, who's the associate AD for communications, facilitating our interview with Coach Kalani Sitake, which is forthcoming. We'll have the headset on Kalani and talking with him momentarily. You've heard from Kalani in the press conference setting. You've heard from his players in the Zoom press conference setting. And, yes, everything is happening via Zoom. So as you listen to the BYU press conferences and Coach Nimatololo, uh, any warbling and squelching you hear is just part, as you know, of the Zoom protocol and, uh, you know, 
questions are coming in via laptops and all manner of internet connections and so uh, you have to bear with a little bit of communication uh, 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 inconsistency that said we have a solid headset on coach Kalani's he talked oh. I think he has put it on <laughs> down outside the stadium hey coach I'm tired guys and it really has nothing to do with this mask on my face I'm just out of shape <laughs> we will try and make this easy on you but I know uh, talking about what you witnessed from your guys for 60 playing minutes out there tonight had to be uh, very pleasing to you and gives you energy Man, I was so proud of these players and these coaches, and they uh, worked extremely hard. Um, you know, and I, I thought, for the most part, clean game. A couple mistakes. There's a few mistakes out there, but uh, every game has mistakes. We talked about um, overcoming the mistakes with our effort and our uh, energy and uh, our toughness. And so, hopefully, we can keep that that kind of that mantra going out throughout the season. But um, got to build on this, and just so 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 happy for our players felt good to get out there and see them play football again and oh man i love it i love it it was, it was a fun game you know among the more common mistakes in an opener will you know will be penalties and turnovers and tonight one penalty for five yards and the one turnover that you guys overcame by 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 the defense doing its job and forcing a punt on the ensuing possession yeah i was really proud of our defense and and um you know the way they respond to that i we mentioned it before, just letting our players understand the whole team philosophy on what, how we're going to approach this game from all three phases. Um, and we, we knew that we were going to take some chances. We wanted to get an early lead. We were trying to find a way to to be aggressive. And uh, we warned the, the defense that, that was, if, if we did that, maybe we had to get on the field um, after turnover. And these guys respond the right way, and they understand what was going on, and, and uh, they, you know, urged our guys, our offense, to keep going. So they had each other's back, and we just got to keep, we just got to keep this consistent play. And then, but this, I'm going to tell you one thing: that the, the, the having a bunch of veterans on the field paid off, and just having a bunch of guys that have played a lot of football. And there's some that haven't been able to play for a while because they had to deal with injuries, and um, you know, some guys were on missions and stuff like that. But getting, just being able to see them on the field has been, it was amazing. And then. Uh, I just wanted to be a great cheerleader, and I, I think I did okay at that. Hey, Kalani, yes. Uh, Kalani, you know that when Navy's offense is running well, they are a third and short team, right, on offense. Third and short is their wheelhouse. Tonight, do you know what their average third down distance to go was? No. 10.8 yards. Yeah, that, I think it doesn't matter what offense it is. I think you, you have a good chance of success if you do that. <laughs> and, of course, a lot of that is the fact that they found themselves in third and forevers. But getting Navy into third and forever is not easy. And there was Navy at third and 22, third and 22, third and 19, third and teens, 13, for example. So uh, you take Navy out of your game, you, you're going to give yourself a good shot to win the game. Yeah, and, you know, Coach Tuyaki did a great job getting this defense ready. Uh, Coach Lamb. Coach Hadley, Coach Guilford, those guys did an amazing job prepping this team um, for this type of offense. And and, and it's uh, a lot easier to have your guys play discipline when you have so many uh, different guys you can go to, you know. So uh, I felt like we we figured out a good scheme to go with and, and went with it. And, and our guys executed it perfectly. But um, the players were out there. They played great fundamental football, tackled well, were in the right spots, didn't give up a lot of big plays. I know we gave us a, a few big runs here and there, but – um, you know, for the most part, that was a missed assignment. So the guys were, for the most part, were assignment sound throughout the game. Coach, you mentioned preparation. We just heard some sound from Coach Niamatulolo where he talked about, you know, their decision-making process uh, did not put them in a position to have his boys um, 
adequately prepared for the challenge that BYU presented, and they, and it showed. As you know, obviously we came into their house and and uh, took them behind the woodshed. Can you speak a little bit to the decision making process, uh, or, or a little bit at how you were able to prepare this team f- to be this ready for contact, for tackling, for blocking, and uh, executing all of those things, but also maintaining what has been, by all reports, you know, very safe for the players, staff, and coaches. Well, we, we, we still – it was safe, um, but we tackled a week ago. We were live. We went live against our scouts. We tackled on, on defense. We cut, and that's what it takes. You're going to have to prepare the right way, and, and we knew going into it that there's going to be a risk, possible guys getting hurt. And uh, But I don't know any other way to prepare for these guys than to do it the right way and, and uh, to make it hard for us. So we, we practiced, and, and we you know we trained ugly. We, we, we made it hard, and – our scouts knew who was blitzing at where, at which spot, and we cut them, and 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 uh, we played physical, and that was huge. Now, <laughs> I, I don't want to keep doing that over and over again, but I, I don't know any other way to get ready for Army than to what we're, you know, we got some extra time, but we're going to go right back to what works, you know, and and um, I think the the challenge for the defense also was that they they got, you know, they got they got uh, handed to them a little bit in the life situation against our our our, def- our offense offensive line got after them, made them better so these guys keep getting better and and um they respond the next time we went live and and uh they're making each other better so just giving them those opportunities the, the o-line d-line when it's just even if it's a thud tempo or, or tag tempo for the o-line d-line it's it's 100 percent physical you know they're it's it's live might as well be live for them um so uh those guys are getting better and their coaches coach mateos and coach tuyaki coach grimes those guys have done an amazing job getting the front ready and staying physical, and we're going to have to lean on that physical part of the game to help us from here on out. That has to be a, a big strength for us. And uh, if we can if we can do that, we have a really good chance in having success. Coach Navy is is uh, a possession time team when it's doing what it wants, and you were plus 15 minutes, plus, plus 14 and a half tonight in, in possession time, and they snapped only 47 plays. Yeah, and, uh, you know, <laughs> That for some reason, that 31-point lead in the halftime didn't feel good enough to me, you know, and I don't know why, but just like you're kind of, hey, guys, we got to finish this off. And But the energy and the positivity was there. There were mistakes made, but the guys believed in each other, man, and this is a team that was already intrinsic, intrinsically motivated from the very get-go. Um, during the pandemic, during the quarantine, we had guys that, that when, when others were getting – out of shape. Our players came into camp and we came into off-season conditioning in, in shape. We had a good number of players that did that. And so that's not anything to do with the head coach. That has stuff to do with them individually motivating themselves to do, take advantage of the time to, to get themselves better. You know, and I got great young men that I get to coach. They're from one, just fantastic families. And uh, it's just an honor for me to be their coach. And I had a lot of fun tonight. And I, I want to keep this thing rolling. Coach, I had a text from a friend that said uh, he was asking me about crowd noise and this and that, but he specifically talked about how the mic we had down on the field was picking up so much of the uh, the player, your players, cheering on the 11 dudes on the field, that whether it was whooping or you know uh, slapping pads, things like that. Was that you mentioned earlier? You know the the leadership. What did the leaders have to like specifically say? Hey guys, it's going to be an empty stadium. We got to bring our own energy. Or was everybody so excited to finally be out to make it to this point to be out playing football that that was just something that naturally came from them? It was a mixture of both, you know. And, and I think that uh, like the, a lot of these guys went up to to um, 
Wisconsin and beat that team, you know. So and they're young, and so they understand that the sideline, when we get things popping, we, we're, we're excited and we have a lot of passion on the sideline. And that this is what I need to do as a head coach. I need to, I need to show that's my that's my game. I mean, I, I'm, I, I think one thing I can do is help guys loosen up and have a great time, and I'm going to do that. You know, they, the players asked me to do that, and I want to do it. I, I, I told my wife, hey, apologize to the kids. I might do some embarrassing dancing and stuff, but – that's what the guys want. They they want to feel loose and they want to be uh, have a good time. They're when it's all said and done, they're young kids and and they just love playing the game. But you know, I saw guys that didn't want want to waste one second on the clock and guys that were this kickoff team. How many kickoffs did we send into the into the end zone? And they ran full speed downfield. And um, what a great example they are to the rest of the team. But these young men, that's what they do. They work hard, you know. And and I get to be around such great hard workers that are intrinsically mo- motivated and love each other. And then the guys that you heard making all the noise were the guys that were probably didn't play much in the first half, but when they played in the second half, you had you heard the guys making noise on the sideline were the guys that were on the field uh, in the first half and help us get the lead. And so this team is feeding off each other. We just we found out that we're going to have to fly into Salt Lake City, you know, and bust down to Provo and, and the guys are all cheering. They're excited. More time together. You know, mm. we've already been quarantined. We might as well. <laughs> why not finish this off the right way and, and, and go make the trip last a little bit longer? Let's keep this party going. Hey, you know, we I, I, I wanted to see what you had with this new punter, Ryan Rico. We finally did get to see him. He had one punt tonight, and it was a boomer, by the way. Yeah, and he's, you know, he, he's got such a strong leg. He, he's an amazing young man when you see the things he can do with, uh, in, with a punt. And uh, you know he kind of got cold there, but uh, you know we we, we uh, keep him cold. Yeah, I I I I didn't realize that he didn't kick until he when was that in the second half? Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah, that's that'll be fine, you know. But I'd, <laughs> I'd rather punt than throw an interception. But I I mean he's a huge weapon for us. Can flip the field. He did it on that one punt for yep. us, and I think they still have a little bit. They had a little bit of a return, but the guys ran downfield, and, and we were able to flip the field, and and I think we got a stop and got. Sh- better fleet position because of his punt hey how, how happy are you or proud of you of the fact that um it seemed like the number two offensive line was opening up just as big a holes as the as the ones really proud of those guys and and, and you look at the number two there's, there's a lot of ballers on that on that front too. guys who started exactly yeah and and you know when we compete we gotta play the best guys but but it doesn't mean that those other guys won't have a role either and they were they were just excited to go and get in the game and 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 you know, towards the end, they really wanted to punch that one in, but I, I think that was, there was enough already. You know, and and, and they understood. But um, I just love the competitive attitude from these players, and 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 the line lead. The, they lead the whole group. They lead the team. You know, so we've got to lean on them. And there's so many guys that have played. I mean, we still have some guys that that, that are getting healthy that are going to be back. And um, that that's when I first got here. That's what we wanted to do. We want to establish a, a big front at O line and a big front on D line. And I think we're on our way. <laughs> Coach Gunnar Romney, uh, maybe not from the inside, but from the outside, there's been a lot of specu- not speculation, but desire from the fans. Like, who's going to be that go-to target for uh, the quarterbacks and, and Zach Wilson? And Gunnar uh, emerged with a big night tonight. Uh, going up in double coverage on that post and high pointing the ball uh, for a 45-yard gain was something that, you know, a 6'3", kind of lanky guy you expect him to do. But catching the screen and outrunning, you know, basically half the defense, making four guys miss on the way to the end zone, surprised me a little bit. Were you surprised to see Gunnar emerge, or was that something you were expecting? No, we've been waiting for this. And, and, and I'm glad Gunner's now the, running the show. Hard to do when you had a bunch of um, 
veterans from before. You know, we had Micah and, and Talon and Aleva, and, and now this is his group. It's his team. I mean, this is – I feel I feel like there's a lot they can do. I, he, I know he's really disappointed in that first throw that was downfield. He should have had that. And we, we've seen this kid make so many crazy throws. There's even one that he kind of tipped away. You know that that was a I don't I don't know it was miscommunication between him and um, and Zach. Yeah, Zach came back to the backside. He had kind yeah. of settled what looked like on a back shoulder or a comeback route, and it was headed straight for the DB's hands and jumped up and yeah played D played and DB you, on it. You know what's crazy is that we all expected him to catch it, not just bat it away. <laughs> and we're like, oh okay, well you know we've seen him make those plays, but his receiving core has been doing that all camp long, and 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 Gunner has now have the opportunity to shine. We got to get the ball in his hands more and and. and you know, tonight we didn't have to rely on the pass game too much. I think I think we felt really comfortable with the run game. Lopini and, and, and Tyler did a great job, and, and, you know, even Jackson came in, made some things happen. But the line did great. And what what people don't mention is that the receivers block downfield. That's what springs big plays and big touchdown runs. And so the fact that our receivers were able to do that, and we have a good group of guys that can get downfield and block and stay on top of their guys, that's that's just that's just pure desire that doesn't there's no one that thanks them except for um you know me and Fessy when we're in the locker room telling him great job and that's that's stuff that the little th- details in the game that'll help you win well finally Kalani this was an empty stands tonight uh yet there was a lot of energy generated because of the way you guys played first of all the thing was to get to this game you got to it and then you got through it with a resounding performance and hopefully there's a lot more of these types of games to come, maybe with some fans in the stands at some point. But, uh, gosh, it just feels good to have one in the books in the way you played and to know that it can be done. We can play. You can play well and win and, and, and hopefully get a bunch more headed your way. Exactly. And, you know, uh, Greg, I, you know me. We've, we've, we've been talking about BYU fans, how much we love them so much. And oh, just thank you to those fans that, that were there for the drive. Uh, meant a lot to the players. I know they didn't get to come into the stadium. We had fans outside the stadium on the drive here that were cheering for us, showing their signs, and I hope they know uh, that, that we appreciate them. And um, Our players wanted to make sure that, that they know that we love them. And so just thank you to all the fans and, and keep, uh, you know, we're going to try to do our best to entertain you, and we're, we're thankful for the support. Well, Kalani, safe travels to you and the guys, and I will see you back in town tomorrow night, Tuesday night, for your coach's show at BYU TV at 630. I'll talk to you then. Let's go, Cougs. Stay safe, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Kalani. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. And tonight's Cougar post-game coach's show. The BYU Dining, BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now program is coming up next. You can tweet us. Just tweet me, at Greg Grubel, or you can even use the uh, hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN. That CNN is for Cougar Nation Now. Uh, you can also drop an email. Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. That's one long word, Cougar Nation now. And there's uh, two N's at the end of Cougar Nation now. That's an N in nation and an N in now. So Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu if you want to use the old school email or tweet us, hashtag BYUCNN, or just tweet to me at Greg Rubel. Either way, we'll get some feedback from Cougar Nation and uh, chat it up with myself, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens from Annapolis's Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Final score tonight, BYU 55 and the U.S. Naval Academy 3. More Cougar football coming your way from Maryland on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. 
BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome in to the BYU Dining and BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now portion of our broadcast brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. I guess that means that uh, later in this broadcast we'll be giving away two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. I'd have to presume we're doing that again. If, if, if we have the inside scoop trivia and this is the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now show, we've got to have the ice cream. It's tradition. It's a classic BYU tradition. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's coming up in a little bit. BYU is a winner 55-3 to over Navy here at uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. At BYU Ben underscore Detmer 14. It's a long way of saying his name is Ben Burt. Uh, his comment uh, that we're going to start the program with is Lopini Katoa is running stronger than he did last year and doing well to find holes and make cuts. Ben continues all three running backs making great cuts, good vision. Great to have Harvey Unga getting them prepared. And you think the fact that BYU had tried to bolster its backfield, Riley, they had brought in Devonta Henry Cole until his departure. Uh, they had brought in the exciting freshman Bruce Garrett until his departure. They had brought in Hinkley Ropati until his injury. So they were going to be even bigger and deeper and better. When it came down to it, they had to rely on the guys they had essentially last year. But those guys last year had to ideally get better bigger, stronger, faster, and as appears at least from day one, night one, uh, that's exactly what's happened. They were great tonight as the numbers uh, bear evidence. BYU ran for a ton. They had individual standouts in Algier and Katoa. They were running for multiple scores on the ground. Uh, Kalani said himself, we'll throw more. There will be games when we throw more. Tonight, 18 pass attempts got the job done because the RBs were that good. Yeah, and uh, there's no better, not that these guys weren't internally motivated but man when your coaches go out and they start filling up your your position room with a bunch of transfers and all these other guys it kind of sends a subliminal look it's the way it is football's a business right but you can't help but think man did they not think i'm good enough why are they so desperate to go out and get other guys into this into this room so they really answered that question uh, with their performance tonight and i agree lopini does look stronger to me hopefully that that also means he's more durable. I mean, you expect the former linebacker, right? You expect Algier, the guy who comes over from the defensive side of the ball, to come out and run punishingly. Uh, but Lopini, it, and maybe his influence has caused Lopini to raise his game because he was also finishing runs. And then, of course, he is right. Jackson, I mean, I felt like I was back in Amherst, Massachusetts, watching Jackson McChesney. Again. He picked up right where he left off last year with that 200-plus yard performance against UMass. So the running backs did great. Um, where uh, we've done it again. You can't mention the running backs, uh, but I'll say it again uh, without mentioning the offensive line and the great job that they did. But all around, if the run game can be like that, then passing becomes something that you get to do when you want to do it rather than something you have to do because you can't move the ball otherwise. And that's a major luxury to have for any offense. Hashtag BYUCNN. That's hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Or you can just tweet at Greg Rubel, uh, and that will get us uh, your comments. You can email. Some people still like to use the email, and that is Cougar Nation now. That's one long word, Cougar Nation now, at BYU.edu. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson upstairs. 
And uh, Mitchell Jurgens has joined us from downstairs and now back up to the broadcast booth. Before we uh, get Mitch's thoughts on the game, you just were part of a broadcast that involved you being on a sideline that is 70 yards of team area and 13, uh, 30 yards of you area and a game in which you had nobody literally behind your back uh, in the stands. You've been through a COVID-19 football game. What's your feedback? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Definitely a different experience um, from the I mean from the crowd noise. This is it's something I, I really don't want to get used to. I mean, you miss the the fan interaction, the the energy that comes from um, you know these big time football games. Um, but what was so cool, and, and I'm sure as the season goes, I mean, if BYU plays the way that they did, they may not need fans, right? They produce their own energy, and it was so cool to see. But in big games, I mean, there's going to be moments where you truly do feed off that crowd noise. And so I hope this isn't the way that it, it continues. Um, but it was, a, I mean, it was an interesting experience. One benefit that I will take from um, just, you know, having no crowd noise is hearing the crack of the pads. I felt it more um, and and hurt. You got to hear these loud just, I mean, those players were getting after it. And, and that's something that, you know, you you experience the the um, that type of contact and that type of force. You know, if you're observing a practice when there's not that crowd noise, um, and so that that was one thing that that I will take as a positive. Um, that was cool to see, but just a just a tremendous game. I mean, I, I don't think anybody expected the game to go the way that it did today. But um, so proud of the Cougars today, how they played, and just excited to see what's to come. I expected good things when I discovered that all three of us wore the same BYU polo without any communication beforehand of what it would be. Because we have a lot of shirts to choose from, right? I mean, you, my, Riley's second year on the crew. is your third year on the crew. I'm so old. Um, so I've got a lot of stuff in the closet. And, and you guys have gotten a little bit over the last. So we could have wore anything to this game. And we show up in the same BYU polo, our, our throwback vintage white with royal polos, without even talking to each other about it. I knew. I knew good things were in store. Three stylish gentlemen sitting here together. <laughs> so true. We, you know, we dress for radio, though. They stick us out here that nobody can see it. But thanks for pointing it out, Greg. Our, our coordination and collaboration should be acknowledged by those, even though if they can't see it. Actually, though, I'll give credit to you. You've been I have been a little, yeah. little more active on the social media yeah, these days. Yeah, getting pictures out there. You know, they say face for radio, not with this crew. No, we, we certainly uh, we certainly flout that tradition because, uh, I'll tell you, we, we could be doing a photo shoot right now, and we'd look right at home. Yep, you bet. Absolutely. All right, so Greg and Riley and Mitch with you here from uh, Navy Marine Corps Stadium in Annapolis. Before we get back to some of Cougar Nation's comments, Mitch, normally what we rely on you, uh, one of the things for which we rely on you down on the field um, injury updates and thankfully you didn't have a lot going on that way tonight no I mean it, you look at two of the positives right we one of the amazing stats that pops out to me is you know no penalties right or one sorry, penalty, one penalty for five, yards, for five yeah. yards which almost seems like no penalties and especially in a first game uh, but yeah the other thing is no injuries I mean this is um, you could tell that these players were prepared. Um, they played with so much force and contact. And, and one thing, you know, if you take this game as, as a lesson for, um, you know, these young players where almost if, if you play tentatively, you almost see more injuries, right? Um, these guys were flying around. They were, um, it, they were just playing with so much tenacity out there, and their bodies were protected. I mean, you could tell that it – and loved what, you know, Kalani's comments there at the end – um, how coming into fall camp, um, they were on their own with the quarantine, but so many of them came 
to camp in, in such great shape. And so just a testament to these players, their dedication, their commitment to this program and this season, despite knowing what it would look like. And it, it was definitely, you know, um, I, I know with the lack of injuries there on the game today, um, their preparation led them to, to that point. So I'm very impressed. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, a note from uh, Zach Little on Twitter who asks via the hashtag BYUCNN. Again, use the hashtag BYUCNN. The CNN stands for Cougar Nation now. Uh, Zach says, uh, great game, amazing defense. Correct, correct. Uh, no Jaron Hall sighting. Why? Uh, I believe Kalani was asked in the postgame presser about Jaron. He wasn't specific, but um, Jaron is injured and did not make the trip to Annapolis. So that's why they went uh, Wilson, Romney, Mayava, Peters. Soljay got the uh, third look tonight because Jaron is unavailable. So um, toward the latter part of camp, he was unavailable and is unavailable to start the regular season. So uh, the hope is you see him at some point, but uh, you didn't see him tonight and may not for a little bit. David on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, he says, What great preparation for tonight's game. The team was juiced. But businesslike, he mentions Kirk Herbstreet of the ESPN broadcast being genuinely impressed with the Cougs' mature approach to the game at hand and thinks the future for this team and this season could be very, very bright. And we look at the schedule, and, and who knows what every team will look like by the end of it. Uh, you watch Army last uh, on the weekend, you go, wow, that, that, that could be a tougher game than you thought it might be. We all thought Navy would be uh, more of a challenge than it turned out to be. So it's tough to speculate exactly just how tough your schedule is. That said, it would not be surprising if BYU's favored in most of, if not all of, the remainder of their games. And so uh, whether it's 8, 9, 10, or 12 uh, that get on the regular season schedule, hopefully some postseason involved, um, you know, there, although it's very, very early, there could be the potential to embrace some really unique and distinct possibilities about being maybe a bit of a national story this year if, if all goes well. Uh, I'm on board with that kind of uh, embracing. I would certainly love to have BYU be that kind of story in a season where relatively few teams are, are playing the game and no one in the West is. Yeah, and not to mention, I've uh, I've said this is a great opportunity. No one knows what the future holds, but, man, there's, big, there's infighting within the Big Ten, and they're talking about how that might spur – you know, because principles and priorities are not aligned, and so that might spur some conference realignment. What a better audition than to go undefeated in the pandemic season for BYU and to do so handedly. Now we're getting way, way, way ahead of ourselves. But going back to the maturity that was mentioned about this team, that's that's what you want to happen when the, your core goes from being majority freshmen, sophomores, to being sophomores and juniors. Like I think back to last year, and it was so frustrating for me to watch us beat Tennessee and beat USC and then turn around and lose to Toledo and South Florida. The same thing here, right? This this Navy team that won 10-11 games last year, good program. Granted, they might not be the same team that they were last year, but very impressive win. Now, let's not turn around the the and Kalani said this in his post, it's one we can't we really don't have that much data. We have a single data point, a single game where we played extremely well, but the season needs to play out and I have full confidence that it will. My hope is, but keep in mind this is a team that's got to exercise that little demon of playing down to their opponents and I think that maturity that was so evident here tonight is what will help them, you know, break that mold and uh, and avoid that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, back to plan on such a big stage today this was coming into the game there was a lot of speculation all eyes are on this game tonight it's a monday night game espn the featured game there was a lot of of talk you know prior to this game it's they've been talking about byu navy for you know the entire weekend and to see the players come out with all of this 
um, not not necessarily pressure because it didn't feel like pressure tonight, um, but with all this attention to see them step up to the plate like um, like they did tonight was just um, I mean the the word has been floated around quite a bit today, but maturity um, fabulous to see them come up to ac- accept that responsibility um, to play on such a big stage and perform and execute like they did. Um, I, I think big things are in store, but they've got to keep their minds you know uh, on course and pre- prepare like they did for this game every single game uh, that they have ahead of themselves and not just think hey we beat navy 55 to 3 and we're we're a good team and that's it right it's every single game needs the preparation um, that they put forth for this game and you know i think it could be a special season Greg Grubel with Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens. You've heard from Riley and Mitch back-to-back, and I should backtrack. And when I said didn't travel, I should have said didn't dress for Jaron Hall. Uh, word is he was on the sideline. Uh, Joe from Twitter saying he was there with a headset on. Uh, I didn't think he – you know, he wasn't involved. Um, could it have been that he was here? I, I didn't think he traveled, but uh, I, 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 but I wasn't paying enough attention to everyone on the sideline over that 70-yard team area. Yeah, I had a pretty good look on the sideline. I do not recall seeing him. Um, I'm not sure if there was a Jaron Hall lookalike. Yeah. Either uh, way, not dressed and not available for tonight. Yep. They went Wilson, Romney, and Soljay Mayava Peters. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Hashtag BYUCNN. Or you can use the email, uh, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. That's CougarNationNow, one word, at BYU.edu. And you know who likes to use the Cougar Nation Now email is Val out in Mililani, Hawaii. He always, he always emails the program. And, uh, and sure enough, Val out in Hawaii gives us an aloha. He says, welcome back and mahalo for the great post-game broadcast. Well, thank you, Val, for being so complimentary. He said, I was so proud to see two local Laie boys go at it on national television. He says, I felt bad for Coach Niamatololo, but Coach Satake is a class, act, a class act, and the score could have been much worse if all the starters were left in. Val says, we look like the real deal this year. And uh, he, he wonders what kind of chances the Cougars will have to demonstrate just how good they are this year. He says stay safe, and he says mahalo, and that's Val out in Mililani, Hawaii. And right now, seven more games remain, none against P5s. All uh, There are six FBS G5s and one uh, FCS opponent. And we would believe and hope that there are more games to come, but I don't think P5 is uh, in the cards unless it happens in the postseason, which is a distinct possibility. With the bowl games, there will probably be fewer of them. But the ones that the bowl games that get played um, should attract some pretty decent matchups. If you know BYU is to see uh, P5 in the postseason, it could be a, an attractive name, uh, and and that would be fun to see as well. So just how good can can BYU's schedule be will help determine just what kind of uh, you know national relevance or respect BYU gets this year. I know they're doing the best with what they can, but when you consider the fact they had six P5s go to zero uh, pretty quickly. Um, I think there has to be some understanding that BYU is literally doing its very best just to put games together, and that has to be respected. Yeah, and you can't help as a fan. And uh, Look, you've got to control what you can control, but you can't help as a fan, those of us who have the extra time to worry about these things, what this game would have looked like, what this performance would have looked like in Rice-Eccles Stadium, which is what it was slated to be had it not been for the pandemic and the Pac-12 shutting down and all those things. And not just to mention against Utah, what about Arizona State? What about going to Minnesota? And what about all these great opportunities for a team that looks to be solid in every aspect of the game, offense, defense, special teams, you know, senior leadership, deep core, 
all of these things uh, to have that taken out from under them. But there was nothing they can do about it, and you are right. They Credit to the leadership of the university and credit to Tom Homo for putting together this schedule. And uh, you know what, Greg? Uh, the P5, I had pretty much given it uh, a foregone conclusion that it wasn't going to happen, but you're right. Uh, th- what... Uh, what being ending up at the end of this thing undefeated would do is put us in a position to play a very quality P5 opponent, perhaps a high-profile bowl, um, because we did go out and do the best with the cards that were that were dealt us. And look, objectively, if you know football and you watch this team, you know that we weren't just you know in a position where you were beaten up on schools that maybe didn't have the depth or resources or, or talent that you did. This is a quality football team that could hold its own against against any P5 team uh, or, or, you know, the majority of the P5 teams out there, and you hope that a bowl committee would recognize that. Okay, uh, multiple sources uh, confirming indeed that uh, Jaron Hall was on the sideline, not dressed to play, but uh, assisting uh, in the team area tonight, but uh, didn't wasn't available, and we don't know when he will be able to play. That's the Jaron Hall situation for today. We'll take a break. Cougar Nation now continues. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. That's hashtag BYUCNN. Or just email me directly at Greg Rubel or do like Val out in Hawaii and email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. BYU defeats Navy by a score of 55-3 to tonight. You heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. I'm with Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens, former Cougars both. Riley, former BYU quarterback. Mitchell, former BYU wide receiver. I'm a former BYU nothing. And uh, welcome to Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter and Email is CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. You can also just tweet me directly, and I'll, 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 I'll treat those like I would any other tweet. Put it that way. All right, uh, coming in from Matt Rollins. Matt saying, how much did it play a part in how badly BYU outplayed Navy due to Navy not going live? And Ken Yamatololo said throughout August that they weren't going live. It doesn't sound like things changed much at all from start to finish of camp in terms of how they were getting ready. And when he said... We're blocking bags and we're tackling bags. It again sounds like he was being literal and that they were not having hand-to-hand, face-to-face contact and combat during camp. And for any team, that will feel a little strange when it's time to play football in anger against a big, tough, strong, fast opponent. But if you're Navy, if you're Navy and everything is rhythm and reps and uh, second-nature type motions, you just wonder, you know, was – well, Ken will certainly, as he already did, took, he took the blame for this. Said my my decision to operate camp the way it did is, you know, the outcome is what you see tonight. Now, um, that said, these guys, none of these Navy players were seeing the field for the first time. So these guys know how to play Navy football, and, uh, and and BYU just took it to him from the get-go. Clearly a factor, and he clearly thinks it was part of why they played the way they did. But uh, you know, BYU parenthetically played safe. Um, did what they thought they could do within the confines of the protocols and looked tremendous. Yeah, and and one thing I will say just quickly on this, um, yes, I, I'm sure it had an impact, uh, obviously, if, if they had gone live. Um, who, who knows how that would have impacted it, which, which I'm sure would have to some extent. But one thing I will say, especially being there on field level, 
the the size difference hmm. from the the fronts, right? So BYU's O line against their the Navy's D line, and then vice versa. There was a significant size difference, um, and, and I think that played a huge role. So no matter how prepared Navy was, you know, and obviously we're speaking in a lot of hypotheticals here, but from a size standpoint, I mean, when you're playing such a physical game like that, it's hard to beat up on guys that are, you know, maybe consistently 30 pounds heavier than than uh, than you. And so um, it, it was just, I, I think, just as far as the physicality, how big and and prepared BYU was, I don't think it would have had much of a difference. Um, and uh, but who knows, you know. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. Everybody's trying to just trying to do their best to navigate the COVID situation, and and everybody I think defines safety as uh, well, maybe not defines it differently, but has different parameters around what's safe and what's not. Everybody also has a different definition of of risk as it relates to the virus and pandemic, and and especially this population of of student athletes, right? And um, and one of the things having, I actually have multiple doctors in my family. And if you watch, you know, if you read different articles, you can kind of find out even the medical community has different opinions as to what, you know, the whole of effects and risks are uh, of this virus. And I think BYU um, got some sound advice as they were able to come out without the virus really affecting camp or any of their players in any kind of significant way. And uh, Navy erred on the side of extreme caution and in a, in a sport that demands that you make contact and touch one another and hit one another and collide in close proximity with one another. Um, it puts yourself really behind the eight ball and uh, it showed tonight. So uh, I think you're right, Mitch. I don't think it would have made much of a difference. I think maybe they would have been able to produce a little bit better offensively, but um, but man when you line up there the first you know just mass right um it, it is like in the trenches is going to make up for a lot of those things and preparation has something to do with it but not the main factor we will come back and give you a trivia question to wrap up our program that will include somebody winning two half gallons of famous byu creamery ice cream this is byu creamery cougar nation now on the new skin byu sports network Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, I'm told we're the last folks uh, talking, working, and, uh, and here at the stadium and, and, and kind of need to wrap up the, the night so that the stadium can close down for the night and and uh, we can get things broken down and, and the stadium folks can uh, can wrap things up similarly. So we'll... And our program tonight, Cougar Nation Now, by giving you a trivia question, the correct answer to which will win uh, two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. And uh, here's your question tonight. BYU defeats Navy by a score of 55-3 to here this evening. The 52-point margin of victory ties the BYU record for largest margin of victory in a season opener. Against which team did BYU also record a 52-point margin of victory to open a season? That's your question. Against which team did BYU previously defeat by 52 points in a season opener and tonight wasn't the first time it was the second time it happened tonight BYU defeating Navy 55 to 3 previously it was 52 to nothing against whom did that happen you can either tweet me the answer at Greg Rubel 
Use the hashtag BYUCNN or use the email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. I'll try to figure out who gets in first, and that person will win some ice cream. We're back to say goodnight right after this. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, final segment of BYU Creamery's Cougar Nation now here from Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. And we're wrapping up our broadcast by giving you the correct answer to the skill testing trivia question for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. The question was, tonight's 52-point margin of victory ties BYU's season opening margin of victory record set previously against whom? The year was 1986. The score was 52 to nothing. And the team, Riley, was? My hometown, Utah State Aggies. Yeah, it was Utah State. And to the best of my ability, I've determined that Jared Brandt, at Jared B. 29 was first in with the correct response. So, uh, Jared, I'll be sliding into your DMs on Twitter, and we'll get the vitals from you, and we'll get you two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Congrats to Jared. Thanks to all who submitted answers. A ton came in, and some were correct. But the uh, most fastest correct answer was uh, Jared Brant's, and so Jared's a big winner. But uh, don't be dismayed if you weren't tonight's winner. Uh, there's more games to play and uh, more trivia to ask and uh, and more ice cream to win. So many days are ahead that could uh, end up leaving you with a smile on your face and uh, calories in your tummy. There we go. All right, let's wrap it up for tonight, shall we? Let's thank the crew back at BYU Radio in Provo. Our control board operators, Liam Howard and uh, Cole Wissinger. Our coordinating producer, Terry South. Our interns, Bryce Larson and Jared Ivins. Our studio host, Jason Shepard. Our traffic manager, Sean O'Neill, who's also uh, an assistant station director at BYU Radio. Our engineers, Sean Fay and Barry Squires. That's our crew back at uh, BYU Radio in Provo. And then we had our crew here in Annapolis. Oh, by the way, we also want to thank uh, interns uh, Nate DeTorbel and Caleb Daly for assisting stats via the text, and also Ralph Sokolowski for doing the same, texting me uh, stuff all night as well. And then here we had engineer Michael Wimmer and intern Caleb Lemming. Caleb was not only the broadcast slash engineering assistant, he was also tonight's spotter. And when you spot against option, it's hard. And when it's your first ever spotting gig, it's probably harder. And uh, Caleb was tremendous. Of course, not surprising because Caleb is a play-by-play guy in his own right. And so this is like uh, no big deal to him. He's just like, yeah, whatever. But he was really good tonight. And so thanks to Caleb for doing this. Takes a lot to do it well, and he did it very, very well. And then you got uh, you got my broadcast partners, and that's uh, Mitchell Jurgens. Yep. Yep. And Riley Nelson. My pleasure, Greg. Yep. All right, there it is. We are one down, and uh, how many more to go? Who knows? But uh, join us for next, uh, the next time we say hello with BYU football. It'll be at uh, West Point, New York, in 12 days. BYU and Army, game number two, week number three for BYU. All right, that's going to do it. For all the aforementioned, gosh, I hope I didn't forget anybody in that long list, but uh, everybody that I mentioned, and maybe even some that I didn't, played such a large part in getting tonight's game uh, to you. (laughs) You all know uh, what it took to get here for all of us, players, coaches, administrators, broadcasters, and get this thing on the air. And uh, so glad it turned out the way it did tonight. So thank you again for tuning in and being with us. We're looking forward to this season. And no matter how long it is and no matter how many games BYU wins and how it all turns out, uh, we're off and running. And uh, what a great way to get things going here tonight with a 55-3 win, BYU over Navy. So for everybody, my name is Greg Grubel saying, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Annapolis, Maryland.